I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. Welcome to the Brizzled meeting of Dumpty Dum. It's lovely you've all come tonight, especially those that come from a long way away. Those of you that were late are forgiven. We are in Renato's in Bristol in King Street and we are going to sing this week's Dumpty Dum when you are ready after three. One, two, three. Dumpty 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 Dum, Dumpty Dumpty Dum, Dumpty 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 Dum, Dumpty Diddly Dum, Dumpty Diddly Dumpty Diddly Dumpty Diddly Dum, Dumpty 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 Dum, Dumpty Diddly Dum. Well done. Folks, I do apologise today because I will sound, uh, I won't have my normal sonorous tones because quite frankly I have forgotten me bloody lead yet again. Got a <laughs> mic, no lead. So this is Dumby Dum, the show about the reality drama that's centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the Prince Charming in silk tights, that is Royfield Brown. With me are the rattled old dame, that is... Lucy Freeman. And with us this week we have Charlotte Martin, better known as Susan Carter. Woohoo! And the last part of our Christmas pantomime, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dumpty Dum comes from the Dumpty Dum meetup in Bristol. There were 12 of us hardy souls that met up at, I think it was called Renato's, and we had pizza and beer, and some people chatted until about three o'clock in the morning. It was most excellent. And Lucy? Yes. Do you know one of the things which has kind of made that meetup possible? Uh, Twitter, Auntie Jean, mobile phones, William the Parrot. I don't know. Well, actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. All of those things which you said are true. But we've now got Tractor, our Dumpty Dum meetup. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes. Right, folks. So this is a wonderful thing. And we have to thank our friends at Cornerstone Labs dot co dot uk i'm sure i've got it right this time <laughs> who have put together the dum de dum map quite simply all you do is you go on there and uh, you pin your location and you don't have to pin your exact location because i know some people are a bit, little bit worried about stalkers yeah. have you got any stalkers lucy 
loads. Fantastic thought so. Now, if you've got a stalker, <laughs> don't pin your exact location. Just pin the middle of your town or your village where you live. And that will be enough because the whole, the whole point of this is, is so that people who are relatively close by who are dumpty dummers and we can vouch for them because if you're a dumpty dummer, you're a good sort. Uh, basically then... They can kind of contact you through Twitter or maybe through a public forum of Facebook and just, you know, and organise meetups. So, you know, none of your personal info's there and whatever, but it's great because you know what, Lucy? What? We've got clusters. Um, ooh, you want to get some cream for that? No, 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 no. These are good clusters. Like okay. Plymouth. There's like loads of listeners in Plymouth, so they should all have a meetup or in Brighton. That's Philippa Davy in that lot, isn't it? It is, and her posse. But in Brighton... Yeah. I don't think the people in Brighton actually know each other, but they should do. Oh. See all these clusters. Even in southern Spain, there's this one woman who lives in Gibraltar. Somebody lives in a town just outside of Gibraltar. They need to hook up. <laughs> do. And <laughs> what really made my, warmed the cockles of my heart was that, you know, Jan Mitchell, Jan from Cannes. Oh, yeah. You know, she was saying, I'm all alone in Vancouver. There's no- you know, she found someone, didn't she? Yes, through the map. <laughs> Actual organics lives the other side of Vancouver. So pin yourself to the map. You can use Facebook or you can use Twitter now. Um, I will put a page on our website, but that's another tortured kind of goings on, which you probably don't want to know about. Because, Lucy, mm-hmm. forget the Russians, Azerbaijanis now. No. Yes. All of my websites were taken down yesterday by the Toran Cyber Army. I kid ye not. <laughs> Have they got an objection to the archers? Oh, this is what I'm wondering. They're all from probably from Penny Hassett or something, aren't they? <laughs> but I laugh now. Infidels from Penny Hassett. <laughs> I laugh now, but I tell you, I was not laughing yesterday when I'm woken up to um, Azerbaijani flags flying on all of my websites, <laughs> patrolling wolves. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, it only took about five hours to fix that yesterday, and I don't know if it's properly fixed, but but it anyway. At least Dumpty Dum comes back up, and so does Mid Atlantic and Royfield dot com. You yeah. seem to have done something to piss off the Urals, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> have you slept with someone's wife or something? Some, <laughs> a prominent Azerbaijani? Niet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, where are we with this? So um, go to our map, think it's wonderful, but we'll talk a little bit more about that towards the end of the show. Right, so after that diversion, Lucy, yeah. um, if somebody wants to send us in a dum-de-dum, how can they do They're that? They're not too frightened to, yes. They can do that. If you'd like to sing us a dum-de-dum in Azerbaijani, if you fancy it, leave us a plot prediction or thump someone who couldn't deserve it more right in the eye. Then ring us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Uh, thank you to the ever-travelling Cosmo for his podcast roundups, to Shambridges for her amazing voices, to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us, and to Derek for the Low the Back Bedroom. It's Halloween, and Derek decided to go trick-or-treating. He called on Auntie Cardboard first, and she screamed and punched him in the face. He was quite upset, as he'd only called to ask her if she could help him choose a costume. On this week's episode, we have calls from Dusty Substances and Claire Asprey, who want to applaud Alan. 
New York Nigel, oh, he's a real Alan, who's getting his girls muddled up, Jojo Sexy Hills, who's found the new Brian Aldridge, Christine Armstrong, who's had a surprise from her hubby, Morris Snell, who can understand Justin and Cosmo with the Bridge Farm accounts. But first, before all of that, it's Juicy Lucy Freeman's fortnight in Ambridge. We started the fortnight with the world's most awkward brekkie with the squabbling fair brethren, closely followed by the world's most awkward drink with the squabbling fair brethren and Bert, and the world's most awkward apology from Alice to Ed. Once again, we were in the ball having one conversation with a row we can barely hear going on in the background. Is this going to be a trend? A way of fitting double the storylines in by having one episode with everyone talking at once so we spend the whole time going, what? Who's that? What's he say? Like someone in an old people's home. In fact, the whole village was feeling very fractious and the entire dialogue was, whoops, oh dear, sorry, no, don't worry, I'll go the other way after you, don't mind me. Tichinob proved how much he genuinely loved Henry by threatening to shove all his stuff in a skip. I hope the spirit of that flipping rabbit rises up for Halloween and throttles him. Jill went full on nuclear with Pip. It all kicked off with the flapjacks. Only on the <laughs> archers could family schism be created by flapjacks and end with the words, I'll never eat any of your cake ever again. Uh, Pip is still irritatingly nonplussed by why Rex is marching around the village kicking things. Oh, I can't understand why he's so cross. Shall I talk to him? Get off, Toby. Also, <laughs> scriptwriters Toby would say pudding, not dessert. He's posh, not lower middle. Pip, in a fit of peak, or possibly peep, invited Toby to live with her. So if he's not hanging his Peter Jones boxes over someone else's bedstead by the end of the month, I'm a monkey's uncle. And he'll have much more time for seduction now he's been officially fired from his job as a... From his job as a... Uh, no, no idea. Krusty is still <laughs> pimping Roy. I think polish a turd is the expression just made for this activity. He decided to airbrush his wife and daughter out of his dating app pictures at first, but then realised his arms just look really weird and chimpanzee-like curled around two invisible people. Every dating picture like that I've ever seen, the man's either been skiing or leaning up against some sort of machinery. I'm not sure how Roy could match that, really. Sitting on Lakey Hill on a tin tray, poised sexily in a seahorse rubber ring in the gay grable swimming pool. They decided in the end on the bridge farm reed bed system for the photographs. Oh, perfect. Roy, knee deep in sewage as gulls fly off with bits of poo in their beaks. <laughs> Try and look less like you're at the dentist, said Kirsty. Mop up the dribble and stop swigging that pink stuff. Even after that, he ended up snogging a dog. Alistair's had a busy week of it. He's worryingly keen on Shula becoming further involved in the hunt. Hang on. You wear very tight hunting gear and shiny riding boots and I call you master. So could I like call you that at home? You'd keep the boots on, would you? Hang on, I'll just sell my entire business. Then he went over to Grange Farm and prescribed an anti-inflammatory, a rub down and some cod liver oil. But I wasn't sure if it was for Bartleby or Joe. Either would work, probably. Then he had to go and see Adam dispense a jab of penicillin. God alone knows you've been shagging now. Uh, Linda is having problems controlling her pyroclastic flow. Tenor lady, I told you. She's roped in <laughs> Alice and Kate to try and help her control it like an out-of-control fire hose. In an interesting twist on no one wants to be in the Christmas play, oh no, what shall we do? They've gone for no one wants to be in the Christmas play, oh no, what shall we do? I don't understand why those <laughs> Alice and Kate who are with full-time jobs are treating this role as Linda's volunteer sidekicks as if it was a matter of national security. 
Neither of them did a stroke of work, but just keep wandering around Ambridge, getting posher and posher and whittering on about Mother Goose and Cinder Bloodyrella. Alice now sounds like Princess Margaret with a head cold. Elizabeth's cross because her guests are freezing cold, apparently. They're really demanding. They want a roof on the barn and blankets and running water. Peasants. Elizabeth screamed for the cavalry and Hooty Jill cantered around Lower Loxley, throwing flapjacks over her shoulder. Freddie Pargeter is not making friends at his new school. Not proper friends anyway, he says. Hardly any of them have even got a drawing room, apparently. <laughs> Lillian had a very sensitive chat with Helen about her psychotic ex, conveniently forgetting that her boyfriend has given the psychotic ex a job, notwithstanding admissions of rape and coercive control, which is allowing him to remain in the village and make Helen's life a living nightmare. Well done, Lillian. That's true empathy. Adam has gone from boo-hoo, my husband won't take me back when I was a two-timing arsehole, to boo-hoo, my husband has taken me back when I was a two-timing arsehole, but it's taking ages for me to feel happy and now I'm bored. Anyway, he's preoccupied with a visit from a soil discussion group. Do you reckon that's soil? Yep, that's soil. Shula is now all over Alistair like a rash. After months of ignoring him, apart from the odd touch when he fails to turn up in the millisecond the souffles are ready, she's now giggling away like a loon at every comment he makes and telling people what a marvellous husband he is for selling his business for her. Then with typical Shula contrariness, she proceeded to try and undo the sale for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Neil, a man whose idea of a facial is getting in the way of the hose when he's clearing a pig arc, is being forced <laughs> to become... <laughs> That's a good one. I have to stop you. That's a good one. <laughs> no joke now. Uh, Neil is being forced to become metrosexual as Susan's having her entire family shot. A bit drastic, but I sympathise. There was a marvellous scene in which Shula turned up to find Neil smeared in avocado with an erection like an iron girder poking out of his dressing gown. Anyway, <laughs> Susan... <laughs> Anyway, Susan rejected Robert Snell as a potential photographer on the grounds that after last time he might slip in an accidental crotch shot and there aren't enough stars in the Milky Way for that. The end. That was a stunning fortnight. <laughs> I'm not going to say I missed you last week because I didn't, but that was <laughs> masterful. It was very good. Thank you very much. Can I tell you my Norfolk thing now? Go on then. There's uh, lots of studies have been done on Norfolk dialect because it's a very old dialect. And anybody of our um, overseas listeners, particularly the Anglophile, Anglophiles amongst you, um, go and have a look at Norfolk dialect because it is absolutely astonishing. The, the accent and the and the words that they use. And, you know, there were mil- we, there was like a ladybird invasion where we were. There were hundreds and millions of the things. Um, they're not sure why it's just one of those weird temporal things that just happens. But guess what the um, guess what the, the the Norfolk dialect is for a ladybird? I have no idea. A bishy barney bee. A bishy barney bee. Isn't that great? That's awesome. That is and really cool. And this is the awesome bit. Mm. Guess what it is? What guess what an owl is called? You're not going to believe this. Tell me then. A Jill Hooter. You, stop it. No, seriously. That's such a lie. Really? It, it, yeah, look it up, honestly. Have a quick Google. Seriously. Crumbs. Because I thought, blimey, did I read that somewhere? And But I never, then I know I've never, never heard that in my life before. A Jill Hooter. 
is an owl. Bloody Nora. Well, I know that um, Norfolk uh, is one of the most kind of homogeneous bits of England racially in in terms of there aren't many remnants of, of the Celts there in terms of language or um, ethnicity. And so, yeah, it's one of the highest preponderance, Norfolk and the North East, the highest preponderance of people with blonde hair because they're all just, you know, ankles. Yeah. 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 So I, I know it's, it's all peculiar. When they say they're all kind of cousins, they are. <laughs> <laughs> And the lovely thing is about our map, if you're from Norfolk, you can hook up with the... <laughs> there are one or two, not with many. relatives. <laughs> I think, yes. <laughs> the internet... There's that old joke, isn't there, about um, someone saying, I went to Norfolk and with this with uh, my friend and, and I met his, uh, his sister-in-law, his wife and his cousin, and she was a lovely woman. <laughs> <laughs> well... Whilst we were, when uh, the, the tractor map was starting to be populated, it, uh, Norfolk was uh, conspicuous with its absence and fat bloke talking, yeah. who's uh, from Cambridgeshire, he basically says, well, of course, the internet stops at the fens and they've got their own internet in Norfolk. <laughs> they have ones. bugger all internet, they have bugger all phone signal in Norfolk, that's definitely true. But the internet in the last five days has obviously got to Norfolk because we actually have somebody in Norwich now and somebody somebody else somewhere else. So, but anyway, Norfolk people don't have the rest. Don't let the rest of the country take the piss out of you and say that you're uncouth and there is no interwebs there. Get onto our map and pin yourself and show some East Anglian pride. That's what I say. I have to say it's absolutely beautiful. Well, why really, didn't you, why really didn't you let me come with you? I did. Oh. You didn't answer. Oh, shy. Oh, yeah. Fuck <laughs> but anyway, folks don't want to hear about this. They want to no. hear about your interview with Charlotte Martin. Oh, yes. She was great. <laughs> we had such a lot of excitement when we said that you were coming on the show. <laughs> That's uh, fabulous. Susan seems to have had a bit of a kind of a bit of a moment in the last year, hasn't she? She's kind of a lot of her humour has come out more than it ever has before, I think. I think you're probably right. Um, it's really interesting, actually, because it has been kind of bubbling under for a long time. But I think the writers have really got her, you yeah. know, in the past yeah. couple of years. And, and, and as you say, kind of brought that that comedic nature and the, you know, the funniness out um, brilliantly. And I'm, I'm so privileged because I get probably some of the best lines in the programme, I think, sometimes. <laughs> I think that the writers have, have really got the character and, and I think they, they know how they can kind of get me to, to do the funny bits, you know, really, really well. I think, I think they, you know, they, they know what, what I can do as an actress, which is, is, is great. I really enjoy it. But, I mean, you have got fantastic comic timing. <laughs> oh, thank you very you much. Really, I mean, I, I, I write a bit of comedy sometimes and just the pauses and every, the timing is just blissful and that's what makes people stop in their tracks and roar, I think. It's, just, it's not so much what she says, it's... It's how she says it and how yeah. the kind of the the yearning behind, you know, her social climbing and all the rest of it. It's just gorgeous. 
Oh, thank you. No, that, it's lovely. I mean, you know, I I must admit that you know some of my favourite comic actresses, well, one in particular is um, Victoria Wood and um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Julie Walters. I mean, yeah, you yeah. know, I'm very much um, you know kind of aping after them, really. You know, I, I, I use those both of those and their writing because it's so real. Yeah, I mean, he, he absolutely hilariously funny. Um, I, I think probably that's what I've got in my head when I'm doing it. <laughs> um, I, I think all that, all the stuff about the tabard that yeah. was that had Victoria Woods like <laughs> written through the middle of it, like a stick of Blackpool rock, didn't, didn't it? it? Really, just, did. didn't it? Just and you know, oh gosh, as an actress, I would give my eyes teeth to to have actually worked with her because mm. I think, think she was just marvellous writer, yeah. uh, you know, so, observationally um, absolutely on the on the on the on the ticket, and I just love her stuff. And and I think you know, as I say, I think that that's that's where that's kind of the background to Susan a bit. You know, she, she's she's there. She's in a Victoria Wood sitcom, <laughs> isn't she, really? Um, we had um, Emerald on, your, oh, your, yes, your, your said, Archer's yeah. daughter. And she said, Charlotte's always so glamorous. <laughs> and she said, people have this picture in her head of Susan and then Charlotte turns up and she's wearing loads of, you know, silver bangles and she's got great makeup <laughs> on and she just looks really glamorous and un-Susan-ish. Yeah. What, what, what parts of Susan do you think do match up with you? Oh, my goodness, what a question. Um, gosh, I'd like to say none at all, but of course, as, as, as actors, we bring all sorts of stuff. I mean, it's quite interesting, really, because I am not, as, a, as, a, as an actress, you know, as Charlotte, I really am not a gossipy person at all. I hate all that politic, you know, politics mm. and, and back sniping and all that. I, I loathe all that. So that is really completely away from who I am as a person. But I think in a way, have, being able to do that as Susan is, 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 is quite good fun and I quite enjoy that. So it's kind of kind of a bit of a let out, a little bit of a, um, an, you know, an opening for, for her to kind of, for me to explore those parts of me which aren't terribly like me. Um, but gosh, yeah, God, what's like me? Um, goodness me. I suppose the, the, the thing that, probably stands out more than anything is that she thinks of her family and wants her family to do well and so I suppose I've got two daughters and you know I want the best for them so I suppose the the, the part of Susan I can probably link into most realistically is, is her her drive and I think she genuinely is um, does care for her family and doesn't want them. It's just the way she the way she goes about it. It's sometimes a bit um, heavy handed, <laughs> but <laughs> to say the least. But I think probably you know that the family stuff. You know, kind of looking out for, for for your loved ones and wanting them to to be the best they possibly can be. I think one of the things that our uh, listeners have enjoyed so much recently is uh, Susan's relationship with Neil, and <laughs> kind of the fact that they are. In, 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 you know, when you've got the Aldridges and you've got, um, uh, you know, David and Ruth went through the mill in the last year and all yeah. these sort of, and, and Alistair and Shula and no one knows what the hell's going on there. But <laughs> least of all, Alistair and Shula. But um, it, they've kind of been a stead for no matter what. I mean, I know they had wobbles when she was in prison. He sort mm. of had a bit of a thing with someone else, didn't he? But Did he just, yes. There's, there's kind of, they've been a, such a steadfast 
couple and in a bizarre way they keep the romance alive don't they despite all the overalls and the because well were, I think, I think was... we have to thank chili con carne for that <laughs> don't we, oh, we have a question about the famous chili later <laughs> on from one of our listeners but yeah. the, this kind of um uh, when 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 um, Emma and the children were living in Ambridge View, there was a palpable sense of frustration that they couldn't have any time for themselves. I know. I know. You know it's, it's, so it's what's the secret? Really, what is the secret of the carpet? <laughs> what is the secret? Oh, who knows? Pigs, pig farming, perhaps. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, no. It, I mean, it's gosh, it's great fun. I mean, Brian Hewley, who plays Neil and, and myself, we have such a glorious time in the studio. You can imagine, can't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. Playing these these, these characters. But yeah, there, there seems to be um, some magic there that that it is really you know cements them together and keeps them growing as a couple. Despite, I mean, you know, people call Neil a saint for for putting up with Susan. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I can sort of see that because she she is on his case a lot, and she is sometimes away with the fairies in terms of, of the stuff that she she gets involved with and, and the ideas she has. But for some reason, there's perhaps it's a, an opposites attract. Perhaps he's, you know, because he's such a laid back, relaxed, calm person, and she's the other end of the spectrum. So perhaps, perhaps it's that that keeps them keeps them growing together. But there must be some something. And as I say, I'll go back. I think it probably is to do with the chili <laughs> that, that actually keep, keeps them keeps them together and keeps them growing as a couple and you know long long may that that continue i hope who do you think do do who do you think which of her children do you think that she's most proud of because she seems to give emma an inordinately hard time yeah but because christopher married an aldridge she's (laughs) you know and also he had all the problems when he was born and everything she he still just seems to be the golden boy and i can't really it always feels to me as if as if Emma is trying to catch up somehow. I think she's yeah, given up I, recently, but not you know. So yeah. Where does that? Do you think that's a that's a, a, a Susan and men thing? Because she does like a she does she, like like a like a bloke. She, she, yes, she does. I, um, I, I think I think it's more to do with mother daughter relationships, and I think you know that 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 was always going to be a hard thing because Susan has such high expectations, and I think she is probably very hard on Emma because she's a girl um, and perhaps sees herself or things mm. that she may want, want have wanted to have achieved that she wants to kind of live almost vicariously through through Emma and Emma perhaps hasn't done that. Um, and I think the relationship she has with Christopher is, you know, he is her, her boy. And again, I think it's that mother-son relationship. You know, he, he is a golden boy. She perhaps has some guilt, perhaps, about, you know, when he was first born and that difficulty bonding with him. Mm. And 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 actually, and actually, perhaps she's overcompensating now he's older. I don't know. But, I mean, I think... One of the things she is very proud of, as you rightly pointed out, was that, you know, he's moved into a different class bracket, hasn't he? Whereas really? Emma's married a Grundy. That's Whereas kind of not. Exactly. <laughs> Indeed. So, you know, um, in terms of social climbing, you know, Christopher's ticked all the boxes at the moment. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably is is, is high on in, in Susan's books, just because she wants... She wants the best for them. She wants them to kind of break out. I mean, if you think about Susan's history and where she came from, mm. 
and the whole horror being clan. Yeah. I mean, you know, who who wouldn't want to get out of that? And, you know, in her defence, I know she's criticised by a lot of people, but, you know, she, she's she's trying her hardest to get out of that. And I think she's doing a really good job, really, to be Des- honest. Despite the best efforts of Tracy to drag well, her down and remind her. You know, what I, has I, happened to Tracy? <laughs> Where is Tracy and, and, and Susan's dad and all that? I don't know, to be honest. It's interesting, isn't it? Because they they were in for that for that time, and we had a great, you know, when um, Susan's mum died and all that. Yeah. Um, it was great to have, um, you know, the father in and and, and Tracy in, and you know, Tra- Susie who who plays Tracy is he's a great actress to work with. So I'm I'm just hoping, fingers crossed, that that uh, she might reappear again soon. Um, but yeah, there's, there's I think he's he's he living. Isn't the dad living in a a flat in outside of Bridge somewhere in some because wasn't he moved out of his house or something that vaguely rings a bell but um but there was also the thing about Tracy managed to get the rights to his house didn't she that's right yes yes and then and then that storyline sort of disappeared up a culvert and we never saw it again so I don't know and that you know that's a shame and you know that happens if you think about how big the cast is um, and how many store, potential storylines there are. I mean, it, it, it's, it's hard and it's, it's you know, yeah. it's a hard fact of life that, you know, there is a focus on a particular group of characters and, and that's to the detriment of others. And that, you know, that's inevitable, I suppose, in the soap. Yeah. Like the archers. But, um, but I do hope the, the horror being can reappear again because that's, <laughs> that's some of the funniest stuff I do, I think. <laughs> it's just her despair at them, you know, I her know, despair know. at Tracy continually, especially when she was racing around after Iftakar. That was oh hilarious. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> sisters, sisters, I don't know. <laughs> um, and it, we thought it was so good when she said to um, when she said to Helen, "I'm sorry, I got it wrong. I called it wrong yeah. about Rob. I thought that yeah. was so brilliant of I her. Know, I know, so brave it, of her. Yeah, no, it was. I mean, I, I, I didn't. It was, I mean, when I read the script, I thought, oh my goodness, you know, she's she's moved so dramatically. And I think what had um, the, one of the reasons that happened, I think, was because of the the, the situation with, with Emma and Rob. And I think, yeah, it was all right to kind of still sort of like him when it was Helen because she was kind of, you know, not 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 part of Susan's immediate life. But I think as soon as any 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 kind of tension happened with, with her own daughter, I think that just kind yeah. of flagged up everything. And, uh, and yeah, that was a nice moment. I, I was I was glad that they did that, the writers did that. So in real life, yeah. you are a therapist. Well I'm a research psychologist. Okay. What so, um, what is what do, what is that? Okay, so I don't have um, necessarily co- uh, client contact in terms of therapeutic sessions, but what I do do is research uh, youth mental health. So um, we were in trials uh, looking at early intervention, resilience, uh, emotional well-being in young people. That is a unfortunately a massively growth area at the moment, isn't it? Because it's yeah. on the rise so dramatically. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, We had a question from uh, our resident psychiatrist, Witherspoon, in New York. 
Greetings to all, especially to Charlotte Martin, Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here, from child psychiatrist and therapy dog to child psychologist, we're very excited to ask a couple of questions of this talented actress and mental health professional who so ably brings out the humanity in a sometimes unlikable character. Do the Archer's writers ask you for your input on mental health issues as they relate to the Archer's? I was especially amused on Friday when Rob went on and on about psychometric testing and psychobabble. That's all my questions. We hope to see you at some future Conference of Shrinks. Okay. Well, no, they don't, um, which is a shame in a way, but I don't, I'm, I'm not sure whether how helpful that would be for them. I think it's probably easier to take someone who's actually not involved in the programme, so yeah. from an outside perspective. Um, so, no, I don't get consulted in that. Although we have interesting discussions sometimes in the green room, particularly about Rob and what's going on with him. And um, so, so there's that. But in terms of uh, informing my um, role as an actress... Um, I think the two are really closely intertwined. Um, I mean, the reason I started studying psychology in the first place was because I was an actress, but I was also interested in interpersonal relationships and how people responded to one another um, in you know daily life and also during stressful periods. And so, um, and that and that was you know part of understanding certain roles that you were playing, you know, how, how would I respond to this person if they were behaving like this or if I had this particular history or I'd been traumatised or this, that and the other. So they are, I think, actor and psychologist sit very, very well together and one informs the other. I think it's, it's, it's a two-way process. With your sort of mental health hat mm. on, do you think, when you talked about what you talked about in the green room, mm. I mean, is it your view that Rob is just... A deeply unpleasant man or whether he is actually very mm. damaged my own pet theory is that he has narcissistic personality disorder which well, i've been I banging on about for months but <laughs> no idea if that's right i think you're spot on lucy oh. to be honest i think he definitely has traits of narcissistic personality disorder i think um going back to whether he's innately evil or not i mean i don't think anybody is born innately evil we're all products of our childhood and our um, relation, early relationships and I think that, that defines who we are and I think we can see that very cleverly with the, what the writers have done bringing uh, the parents of Rob into yeah. the programme and showing how their relationship is with, with one another but also their relationship with him um, and I think you know no one is, is innately evil um, and I think Rob despite his, his you know the terrible things he's done um, he's probably quite damaged himself any brief listen to Bruce for about more than half a second and you'd kind of pick up on... I know. Well, a horrible, a horrible man. Mm. Nice actor, but horrible man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, we have one from Moanes. Charlotte, do you ever receive the scripts and your heart sink seeing what tactless stupidness is being put into Susan Carter's mouth again? Or do you relish in playing... Sort of know somebody who can be a little bit of a demon. No, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, you clap why. your hands and shout. <laughs> I tell you why because I love what they do with her. I love her. Um, she's away with the fairies half the time, and, and you know I wouldn't put anything past her. I mean, there, there is there are. 
occasionally there have been some stuff where that she said something kind of bordering racist about somebody or kind of and you know that's that's hard to justify and you have to justify that because you know the character needs to say it and you know yeah. I, I think so so the moments like that make me wince a bit but but generally as a character i i love her, all her eccentricities and i love you know the the bonkersness of her if that's a word um because she, she's a joy to play you know i mean you know it is it, it, almost like um a farce in a way when i play season because it, it is it is madness personified really <laughs> um, she, she she is she is crazily funny I think that's how I, I might describe her. <laughs> but no, I, but no, I never, I never think. Oh my God, no, that's terrible. No, I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy the fun of her. Yeah. Where would you like to see Susan in five years' time? Do you think? <laughs> oh, God. So it's like the bottom of a well or something. Where? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, well, hopefully, hopefully not. Hopefully, she won't go on any roofs or anything like that in the near future. <laughs> Um, but no, you know, I think I'd like to see her because she has been and always is about the family and about you know helping a family um, perform and, and and become the best they can. As I've said before, um, I think what I'd like to see her doing is actually kind of now spending some time on herself. And I think you know this whole um, storyline at the moment with her having the uh, portrait painted and, and feeling a bit kind of you know. Um, unglamorous and a bit kind of oh you know the calendar and all that nudity and it's made her kind of feel a bit fragile as a woman which I think is very realistic for women of a certain age absolutely Um, so I'm quite I'm quite enjoying that so what I would like to do is see her grow now from that personally as an individual um, rather than thinking about everybody else because I think that's what she does Um, I'd like her to spend some time perhaps growing as a person um, I don't know where that would take her, but, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> I can see her as chief executive of Unilever or something with her. Once she's done a management training course, there'll exactly. be no stopping her. I know. <laughs> you, you never know. I mean, she could end up anywhere, you know. I mean, John Or an MP. I could really see her as an MP. <laughs> <laughs> well, perhaps that's, you know, that's a really good story. For UKIP, you though, know. obviously. Yeah, it would be UKIP. For, for the local. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. Well... <laughs> There we go. That, that's the next five years sorted, I think. <laughs> um, Amy Gilbert uh, said, she emailed mm. us and said, she's very glad that you're on uh, Dumpty Dum. And she said, what was it like to do Calendar Girls? <laughs> oh, it was the best fun. We had such a lovely time. I and mean, it's great being in the Archers and having been in it for such a long time has been fabulous. But as an actress, um, you also want to do other stuff as well. And unfortunately, when you've been in the Archers for a certain length of time, that's the only, even though it's radio, very often that's the only role people see you as being able to play. So you get sort of typecast in a way, which is a shame. So the wonderful opportunity to do one Blythe Spirit, but also Calendar Girls last year was just a joy. Uh, we had such fun. We had lots of giggles. There was there was lot, lo, there were lots of um, well, you can imagine, can't you? You know, a group of actors of a certain age in London <laughs> drinking champagne with no clothes on. <laughs> it, was, it was really good fun. We really enjoyed it. Um, did you bring your stickers along for if any? <laughs> do you know I didn't? <laughs> How outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a bizarre storyline, wasn't it? <laughs> I, 
her sitting there in the dark, <laughs> frantically sticking stickers on pictures of nipples. I know, I know. <laughs> it's very odd. <laughs> I think that was one of the things where I thought, oh my goodness, this is this is quite frantic, isn't it? That she's so desperate. I mean, I don't know what was showing. I mean, there's probably nothing showing. I think it was just um, the start of her insecurities as a. Yeah. A woman of a certain age, so, yeah. Sometimes, I blame Kerry Davis for this, sometimes oh. there's a big League of Gentlemen strand that goes through just, the archers, and I'm I sure. Know, I know, Susan yes, and doesn't he, Kerry? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, Dusty Substances oh, yes. says, I adore Susan. You are just the perfect character um so thank you for bringing so much enjoyment to my listening uh the question that i and probably the entire nation would like to know is um can we have your recipe for chili please thanks a lot everyone (laughs) bye-bye i don't know whether that would be too dangerous of me actually to release that into into the public arena (laughs) not safe in unskilled hands. it's not safe i mean you know <laughs> look what look what it look what it ends up as you know i mean no i think um i think at the moment i shall keep that close to my heart yes play it close to your chest along for, with neil for, for, the, for the safety of everybody out there i think <laughs> they, uh, yeah once it was out That's in the really, in the... really interesting Lucy, because i can't remember when the first reference to chili was i mean i think it's probably couple of years ago or something and i don't know how it suddenly leapt into the i mean because on twitter everybody said oh you know chili inverted commas and you know what that and i don't know how how that became it was she was rewarding him for she was trying to persuade him to do something i can't remember what it was (laughs) and it was his reward and she said i've made a chili and it was just the pause around the i've made a chili and then he went all right then i'll come back now and everyone thought well hey date night yes. <laughs> it's just bizarre but it's again you know it's wonderful i love it i mean i i, I live tweet and the omnibus on sunday mornings as probably most of the yeah. listeners know uh, who tweet um with funny photographs and things to do with the program but one of the funniest thing that makes me raw is this is this you know reference to chili and, and when i see what some of the comments and some of the <laughs> hilarious comments that that some of the artist fans tweet about those kinds of things it just just makes me raw and i love it absolutely love it um you are very very quick at those pictures do you have them all lined up ready to go no i do them as as and when i just hear funny things in the program i i suppose i'm not not taking the mickey but i'm kind of looking at the arches in a wry way um and i know i just i just have a i hear a line and i think god that's hilarious so i'll just kind of find a photograph so no i don't I'm, it's all it's all quite, quite spontaneous but i tell you what lucy it's becoming like a full time job now <laughs> and i'm thinking hey you know i should be being paid for this <laughs> But it's good fun, and um, there's some lovely people on on, on Twitter who who follow the archers, and, and they're very sweet to me. You know, they 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 love to hate Susan, and you know, I really appreciate their their time and, and, and effort. You know, just in kind of being complimentary about about stuff. It's 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 very nice, very nice out there. Well, you will know this from from Dum to Dum. I mean, you know, that's that's exactly what what happens with you, isn't it? You know, they they 
yeah. the, the, the fans are very complimentary and supportive and enthusiastic and and it, it, it's lovely it's lovely to be part of this wider kind of Ambridge um, community really I think Twitter has sort of created a lovely little Ambridge enclave of niceness on social yeah. media which which can be a pretty unpleasant place sometimes but yes. there's so little argy bargy on about you know the archers and the tweet along and everything like that every you know it's just it's a splendid place to be it really is. it is no it's excellent it's you know fantastic I, I really enjoy being part of that and we really really enjoy susan being part of the archers <laughs> i hope she never ever ever uh goes or not yeah. no falling off roofs as you said no falling into no, culverts no. no nothing no going back to prison again no matter oh, how much she is no I have to say, though, I used to live near a pig farm and I used to work there. And when I came back, uh, God, the smell, the smell, the smell, the smell. I well, cannot it, it, tell you. It gets in your hair. It gets up. You know, you just smell. Well, that's so, the reason, though, Lucy, that's the reason why she cooks such a strong chilli. <laughs> she singe all her nose hairs off so she can't smell anything anymore. That's the reason. But I just think, you know, when, when you said, you know, that, that he's a saint to put up with her, she is a saint to put up with the smell of that, honestly, if yeah, that's what he comes yeah. in with. Yeah. Him and Ed as well. I God. Know. No. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Well, long, long, long may they continue. Yes. And thank you so much for coming on Dumpty Dum. We really appreciate it. And you're one of our favourite tweet-alongers. And oh. uh, it's great that you're so sort of open to the to the fans. It's lovely. Yeah. We really appreciate it. No, I love it. it. I love it. And it's been really nice to meet you, Lucy. And, and it's a shame I couldn't meet Royfield and say hi to him from me. I know, he's really cross. <laughs> oh, well, perhaps another time. Yes. Oh, yes, he'd love that. <laughs> Hello, Ambridge three nine six two. Who's first? We have a, a double a double hander. We have Dusty Substances and Claire Asprey. Hello, it's Dusty Substances here. The wrong sort of listener. I just heard Friday evening's episode where the Reverend Bunter spent some uh, time with Rob, and I wanted to say just what a useful scene I thought it was on a number of levels, really. Um, Alan is probably the only person in the village who could speak to uh, Titchy Knob uh, in a totally sort of uh, non-judgmental way, whatever his own personal thoughts were. And he had a he has a unique role of um, looking after his parish and. It was wonderful to see Rob being just as unspeakably unpleasant in that context as he would have been with anyone else. So Rob was able to hear that, which will, will have been useful for him. Uh, sorry, um, Alan would have been able to hear that, which would have been useful for him. But it it also showed for us that, that Rob is still unhinged, which can only be a good thing, really. Uh, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Claire from Clapham here. Hope everyone's having a good time. And it was great to see the photos from the uh, West Country meetup with my friend Jenny Allen. I was ringing to say some thoughts about the scenes between Rob and Allen on Friday. Firstly, I think Rob's done himself no favours by being a petulant pain in the arse with the vicar. I think Alan did 
incredibly well to bite his tongue. I know there's been quite a lot of criticism on the Facebook pages and so on for Alan being uh, non-judgmental and so on about Rob, who one feels we could be quite judgmental about. But I think Alan played that quite well. And I was quite proud of the way he held his temper and tried to do the right thing on a sort of humane level. Anyway, Rob's had an offer of some kind of olive branch and he's too conceited to take it and that'll be his own downfall. Good for that. Uh, and I thought it was really interesting how he tried to make Alan feel ashamed for Usha wanting him out and so on. I think that showed his true colours pretty well. So uh, in some ways, that was quite a satisfying exchange. I can't remember which one of you it was that described Rob as a petulant pain in the arse, but it sounded like either a House Martins or a Morrissey lyric. Um, uh, yes, Rob. Petulant pain in the eye. He really was. I thought that was excellent. It hadn't occurred to me, actually, that Rob as, no, not Rob, Alan as uh, the Mr. Reverend Vicar would actually have, would, would it's sort of beholden on him that he should go and try and, as he said, sort of make peace and heal the wounded village and all that. And he's the only one who, as she said, as Dusty said, can talk to to Rob. And Rob was so foul. I mean, there was not an element of grace in, you know, in in his just because he can't empathise, can he? Because he's like he is Um, just not not a shred of appreciation at Alan, you know, knowing what everybody knows about Rob and what he did and everything, Alan sort of being prepared to sort of hold out the olive branch and everything. And, and, and Rob basically, you know, snapped the orange olive branch over his knee and bashed Alan over the end with it. It was just, yeah. Whoa. But such an interesting, um, such an interesting exchange between them. And also you can tell that Rob is on that, on that slope, isn't he towards a desperate, you know, he's so certain that he's going to, change poor Jack's name he's so certain you know the sooner I get him away from Helen the better you know get Jack away from Helen the better um just so certain that he's that still somehow he's going to be proved right and he's the only one that's talking sense and everyone else is mad you know it's just horrifying and then that kind of would you like a drink I'm gonna have a drink you're gonna have coffee then and it's slightly slightly um accelerated speech slightly hysterical slightly kind of um it, in a manic state, definitely. So I think we're heading towards uh, a Christmas abduction. Mm. We're definitely heading to some big uh, blow up. And I just thought that was one of the best bits of writing that we've encountered in such a long time. And also, you, you have to again applaud the acting because as you rightly kind of point out rob veered from defiance to there was this, i was going to say contrition and there was there was no contrition but he did basically continue the conversation with alan after saying there was no point yeah so you so you got the point that he actually is lonely even though he you can't admit it to himself because no one else is talking to him you know, he disparaged his mother for saying, oh, yeah, my mother says I need, you know, looking, yeah. looking after. But then, and then said, I don't. And then continued to have the conversation yeah. for quite some time. And then, as you said, then was incredibly defiant. Then there was the, the, his kind of laughter, his maniacal chuckle. that he, Everything 
was was played out there. And then you got this guy who is a good sort, isn't he? Forget the fact he's a man of the cloth, but he but he is also you know so he's doing what he genuinely believes he has to do, and and then he doesn't believe that anybody's kind of you know born evil, which is something mm. that you know you touch on with touched in in in, in your interview with Charlotte, yeah. yeah. Uh, but also he's doing his job, which is pastoral care and, and to heal and to check that people are all right. And you felt his frustration massively. I yeah. just thought it was just, you could just casually listen to that and a lot of the nuance would be would be lost. But, you know, with, with a keen ear, I just thought it was just brilliant. And, and also it kind of showed you the community kind of almost in a whole in that the vicar has a real part to play. He isn't just in St. Stephen's every Sunday. Just you Yes, know. exactly. Just gets wheeled out for yeah. Harvest Festival. No, you know, they've made him, mm. they've showed you his real true role, writ mm. manifest, and how difficult it is considering what an odious bastard this man yeah. is. But he still has to do his job. He's still yeah. a human being, you know, and he still needs some level of care. You know, I just thought it was great. I, I just two, loved it. Two, two, my two favourite bits were the big sigh that Alan gave when he got back in his car again after he'd got out of Rob's house. Mm. It was right at the end of the scene. He just shut the door. He said, right, see you then, Rob. Shut the door and just went <sighs> like this. And it was like, oh, mm. you know, but just such a such, such a human noise, a human um, uh, gesture. And one of the things about, uh, narcissistic personality disorder is that people swing between uh, victim and grandiosity and you can see that um, absolutely more in Rob at the moment than at any other time because he's the, the ultimate NPD thing to say is I don't have any friends I'm lonely I don't have any friends but that's because no one's as clever as me and they can't keep up and so within one sentence, they've swung from being pity me, pity me to you're all idiots. And Rob just just doing that continually at the moment. This pendulum's going between victim, aggressor, victim, aggressor, victim, aggressor the whole time. And, you know, it's 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 terrifying. It's a terrifying disorder and a terrifying state that he's in. It really is. He's so he is getting to the stage of thinking he's actually omnipotent. And when the court rejects him, um, that's when whatever is going to happen will happen, I think. Yeah, but we still have the uh, the job, don't we? Yeah, that well, that'll be the next thing. Because, well, actually, let's go to uh, Morris because he wants to talk about that. Morris, a.k.a. John V. Hello, this is Morris Snell or John V, I think, third time caller in a row. I'm still really enjoying the podcast, especially with the recent restoration of actor interviews. They've been great. I also want to congratulate the writers on getting back to Archers as normal and having no one storyline dominating everything else. But also, I really like the Brexit jokes. Elizabeth commenting on the demanding delegates at the conference for post-Brexit opportunities in financial services. And she said, the person who organised it resigned just before it started. And they keep changing their mind about what they want. and No one seems to know what they're doing. On the Justin and Rob question, although, of course, I'd love to see Rob in prison. I do think from Justin's point of view, it's entirely reasonable to offer him a job back before the trial, because uh, in the eyes of the law and most of the village, Rob was an innocent victim of crime waiting to give evidence. No reason to punish him as far as the public knew. Justin didn't know what we knew. 
and even after the trial, to take back the offer because of uh, unproven allegations in court, probably slippery slope from a legal point of view. So now the question is whether Justin realises that Rob has lost the confidence of the village. But actually, does that stop him being effective in his new job? Well, yes, it may do when he's dealing with Ed and Adam and Brian. But actually, if Damara's estates are across the whole country, maybe Justin thinks that's that problem will blow over, as I think they said, and uh, it's not a critical showstopper. So it's a difficult one when there's no when there's nothing proven. And I, I appreciate Helen's dilemma there. Uh, the new rules and identifying ourselves, I think I must be a snell in dumpty-dum terms as well as real life because my first Archer's memory is my mum being embarrassed when the new awful Mrs. Snell was introduced uh, about 30 years ago, I guess. So keep up the good work. Bye for now. Exactly, Morris. He was he was entirely within his his his. It made total sense to offer him the job before the trial because obviously then, and it was actually quite um an act of good faith. It was you know he's innocent until proved guilty, and he was he was going by the book. You should do that. You shouldn't consider any any um uh anything that's that's uh pending, especially when it's not you're you know you're the seen as the victim at that time. Rob was seen as the victim, not the aggressor. Um. But now, I mean, who, as Morris says, who the hell is going to work for him? Ed can't even accept a drink from the man. Ed is Ed and Adam. I mean, it's just, and Brian, none of them are going to actually, it's going to be just awful, isn't it? There's going to be so much, uh, so much time spent on, you know, willy waving and backbiting. There's going to be absolutely no work done whatsoever. Mm. As, As somebody said, on on some bit of social media this make it makes no sense for justin to continue to uh to offer him the job considering that local pr is such a big thing for Damara. absolutely yeah right so, what so they've was... just employed the most hated man in ambridge <laughs> The, the most hated man in Britain. Forget yeah. Ambridge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it just makes absolutely no sense. And it will just put a lie to all that nonsense where Justin Elliott wanted to sponsor this and sponsor that yeah. and whatever when he first came into the village. Uh, because it... And I still think Lillian would have withheld the conjugals from, from Justin, for you know, and while all this was going on and said, you have got to be joking. Couldn't agree with you more, Juicy Loose. Uh... Christine Armstrong, next. Hello, dum-de-dum. Hello, Royfield. Hello, Lucy. Hello, all fellow dum-de-dummers. My name is Christine and I'm a first-time caller in era. I've been listening to The Archers now for over 30 years, going back to the early 1980s. But I can't remember who was the first person who came into the village after I started listening. I also remember listening sometimes in the 1960s when my mother used to listen to The Archers present i have no job my husband and i have given up work to cycle around the world so we've spent this year listening to the archers in and dum-de-dum in various different countries of the world and thoroughly enjoying it and the biggest shock of all on our trip has been to find out that my husband has been a secret archers listener for the past 10 years and i knew nothing about it until the excitement of the stabbing Makes you wonder what else he might have kept hidden from me for all this time. However, at the moment we have no fixed abode because of the travelling. I was phoning in a thought about Pip and Toby, which was that considerations being that 
Pip will inherit the farm, but quite honestly, I think the Pip and Toby relationship might be seen to be a long-term one because it would provide much interest because if you were her parents or one of the other shareholders in Brookfield, would you honestly want the farm to be handed on to someone who was in a relationship with Toby? And I think that could give some interesting storylines for the future. Anyway, that's all for now, and I hope to catch up with you on our next cycling country, which will be the United States of America. Hi there, Dumpty Dummers. It's Jojo Sexy Heels here. I've called up this week because I totally understand where Jill is coming from, holding a grudge for 50-odd years. Um, I'm quite capable of doing that myself. I totally understand her point of view. And I think that the scriptwriters are setting up Toby to be the next Brian Aldridge. I think he's going to be a serial philanderer and I think Pip's going to be a bit of a Jenny darling and forgive him each time he goes out and has it away with some new farm girl that, that turns up on the scene. And I think that Toby will end up as a bit of a gentleman farmer because Simon's obviously on his last legs, so he will be inheriting all his father's money. Um, it won't be his brother Rex has done all the hard work looking after his dad and he's not going to get a penny, which will cause a bigger rift between the two brothers. And of course, Jill's hatred of Grace, Simon et al is going to ferment for years to come. And I'm really looking forward to it. So well done, scriptwriters. Enjoying it all and signing out. One minute 16. Bye. Christine, you have to tell us more about the cycling around the world. That sounds absolutely amazing. Even more amazing that you never knew your husband was a listener and he's... (laughs) (laughs) How did you not know? Did you just think he had a really regular 20-minute poo habit or something at 10 past 7 every evening? My God, that's just... I don't know. You've got to be ringing again and tell us how you found out. I know you said it was about the the stabbing, but 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 what was go- wh- how did you physically find out? Did he say, "Oh, I'm a bit shocked by that," and you said, "By what, dear?" And he said, "Well, that thing that I never told you I listened to, <laughs> or what? Can't imagine it." Anyway, now Pip and Toby moved in together. Pip would inherit the farm. Is Toby going to kind of hang around? Actually, we should play Jojo Sexy Heels in with Christine's call afterwards because uh, Jojo reckons that uh, Toby is going to be the new Brian Aldridge. The kind of philandering entrepreneur. He doesn't act. Brian does do work, doesn't he? I mean, he does have. Well, yeah. Now he just sits in his study covertly drinking whiskey and pretending he's working on an excel spreadsheet every time he dials down Pornhub and puts up his spreadsheet every time jenny comes in um (laughs) what was that on your screen right nothing damn it's the average website lucy lucy Pornhub. (laughs) is is that your site of choice i'm more of a you porn person myself (laughs) i don't know i just made it up if there happens oh, to be come on. that, you know, you know, <laughs> I just happened to make up the name of one of, of the foremost <laughs> porn website on oh, planet no. Earth. I think it's the foremost mm. one, though. You clearly are more well informed about that than me. Really? Mm. 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 Anyway, um, are you looking at your spreadsheet now? <laughs> um, yes, I. I just have you changed your mind yet? Have I won the bet? 
With what? Pip and Toby. Oh, God. What? What exactly did we disagree on? Think about what exactly we disagreed on. You said that he didn't... You said he genuinely liked her. He does. No. He's an ass. But he's genuinely, genuinely, as far as he conceives it, in love with the woman. He's an ass. Is it going to last? I don't know. Probably, maybe. Who so cares? What would make you, but he has genuine he feelings. To make, what would he have to do to make you think he didn't? He would be running off with other women. He's not. Yet. There you go. So right here and now, he's in love with her. <laughs> I, this is okay, not okay, hard, Okay, so as soon as he runs off with someone else, I win. <sighs> yes? Look. I can't remember what we bet. Was it a chili? <laughs> a bowl of seasoned chili. <laughs> chili. Read it by yourself. I'm not. <laughs> I am not staring. <laughs> I do um, think it's a bit ridiculous that old uh, Pip hasn't got to, hasn't really understood what the hell's going on by now. She, it's just nuts when she's saying, well, shall I go and talk to, to Rex? Like, that would help. What? Why? No, of course, don't go and talk to him. He's really upset, and she must know. I mean, so many people have told her. Well, like, one. And her brother hasn't. Josh kind of, you know, he didn't actually say, did he? It's only Alice that said... He fancies you, and that's yeah. and that's what I think. Josh didn't actually. Say. She cannot be that dense. Though. Oh, she obviously is. You can't be that thick and and sentient, can you? Mm. Mm. Well, clearly she's good with good with cows and not a lot else, really. Um, New York, Nigel. Ooh. <laughs> Hello, Royfield and Lucy and Millie Bell and fellow Dumpty Dummers. It's New York Nigel checking in. Who needs Halloween when we've got Rob Titchener? The conversation with Alan Franks was really spooky for someone in the uh, vicar business. Not because Alan has any doubts, I don't think, about how vile and twisted and self-absorbed old Titchenob is, but because the vicar's expected to convey messages to the dark side when everybody else, quite rightfully, has totally cut him off. Alan doesn't really have the luxury of sailing past Rob on a horse like Schuler or refusing to serve him like Kenton in the pub or Susan in the shop. I thought it was quite well and chillingly written. Anyway, I'm looking forward to a toothless George Grundy following in his great-grandfather's footsteps and telling the story of the haunting of Blossom Hill Cottage during a, an evening episode sometime, say, October 2085. And that wasn't the only Halloween theme. Thinking about Neil grooming his private parts and a dressing gown clad and avocado-smeared Susan opening the door to a jodper-wearing Schuler was stomach-churning, to say the least. And then we had the dismal and redundant Fairbrother making vomiting noises. It's just a shame that he wasn't sick over Pip, like Ed was sick over Susan's sofa. Anyone who can bring out the worst in the long-suffering Jill Archer certainly gets my vote as the worst Halloween villain of the week. Even though at times it felt a bit like the Susan Carter show, it made very nice and refreshing change from silly stories about seances or 
husband murder with Carol Tregoran or yet another story about the Beast of Borchester. And two final little things. Lovely touch with Ian quoting Yeats and the sad poem about swans. That story there is being handled really well. I have to say that I'm getting the posh girls all mixed up at the moment. It makes a change from getting confused with the men, I suppose. Looking forward to calling again soon, catching up with the podcast after being too busy to listen to the Archers or you too for a few weeks. Bye for now. He's getting all his posh girls modelled up. Yes, what is the hell going on with Kate and Alice's voices? Alice, Alice is just getting posher and posher and posher. And is there an affair in the offing with, with Alice and Ed? It's been signposted so obviously, so I'm going to say no. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems too ridiculously obvious. But yeah. I, but much more interesting than that is just Emma's reaction in that she's just so insecure, isn't she? That My God, though, this would be great. Imagine poor Jennifer if Alice goes from, from a Carter, a horror bin Carter to a Grundy. <laughs> <laughs> She'd never get over it. She'd be trying to drown herself in her wine fridge. Sorry, I interrupted you. I just had a funny image of Jennifer then. No, no, no. Well, I I think I just about got got my point out before you. I was rudely interrupted. Sorry. (laughs) Just just to say, you know, poor Emma is just so insecure, isn't she? That, you know, whether it's um, Kirsty at the the tea shop or whether it's Alice talking to Ed about a bit of business uh, or marketing advice. You know, she just can't cope with it. Yeah. You know, and she's patrolling outside the front door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then pretending she's, well, you weren't waiting for me, were you? No, 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 no. Just standing here, breathing in the evening air. <laughs> <laughs> but she's never going to be, if she carries on like that, she's never going to be properly happy, is she, Emma? Because she just sees threat she's had to fight for such a lot that she kind of just sees threat and someone taking it away from her at every turn. It's exhausting. Bless her. <laughs> Even you, though she's been kind Do you reckon Ed is the type of man to have a sat back and crack? Ed, no. Really? Ed have a sat back and crack? <laughs> well, he's got... <laughs> what? I'm just being silly. Well, you know, it was it was all that talk, wasn't there? About Neil. Yeah. Getting all a bit metrosexual. Yeah. Adam and Ian, yes. Mm. Right. Who uh, who else uh, do you reckon could be tempted? I reckon Chris Ken- Carter. You, you wouldn't want a lot would... of hair around with naked flame, would you? Mm. Not but... if he insists on wearing that leather apron with nothing underneath. Does, it, does he insist on that, though? Or is that just I, I insist on that when I yes, think about exactly. it. <laughs> I reckon Kenton would give it a go once. I think Kenton would give anything a go once. Anything? Yep. Mm. Who else? I think that's the end, really, isn't it? I, there's nobody else in the village that would... Bert? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bert's are probably down by his knees anyway. It would be difficult to do. <laughs> Bert's aren't in the same postcode as the rest of him. Um, I know this is a little bit of a Charlotte stroke Susan episode, but yeah, I just loved all of last week whenever she yeah. was on yeah yeah it was lovely just her and neil just lovely yeah and I, and i like i like her linda giving her um kind of advice on photography <laughs> Diana, have you got a number 
I think Miss Arbus will be particularly hard to get hold of. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the best bit of timing, actually, for me anyway, didn't come from <laughs> didn't come from Susan at all. This is going to make me laugh again thinking about it. It was Shula opening the door and seeing Neil and Susan in their dressing gowns covered in that green stuff, and she just went, "Hello." <laughs> As if, as if they were aliens or so it was just the timing was beautiful absolutely amazing she she doesn't get enough funny stuff she really doesn't who shula she kind of gets the she kind of gets the um uh, the, the the fake mummy laughing which is just rubbish mm. she doesn't get any proper you know humor humor mm. and as morris said i did i agree with him i did like the brexit lines about they were post uh, finance in the post-Brexit world yes. and the man that organised the conference resigned. <laughs> I thought, yes, that's very good. Well, that, that was our, our Uncle Kerry God Davis, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, God. Re- revealing his remains sympathies there. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Hi to all Dumpty Dummers everywhere. Cosmo here. Following uh, problems at Bridge Farm, we've been asked to look at the accounts recently as it has been a difficult year for them, with the new shop closed for so many weeks relatively soon after being opened. Looking at the figures, we can see that you are worried about the recent legal fees which need to be met, but we should be make clear that these cannot be met by the partners of Bridge Farm, and you need to identify who is responsible for the costs concerned, primarily Mrs Titchener, we would assume, and we would recommend she talks urgently to her bank manager about these and other debts for which she is liable. Mr Tony and Mrs Pat Archer would only be liable for some of the costs relating to Master Henry Archer's residency court cost case court case costs where you made the application. The sooner Mrs Titchener returns to full time work, the sooner she can address her debt mountain. You may feel she's entitled to having any loss of earnings during her absence being made good, and this will need to be agreed by the remaining partners, but it would help her financial position. The good news is that with the shop now fully open again and with Anya working hard on sale, the revenue is growing rapidly and it should soon be accruing good profits. The pigs and sausages have been consistently profitable and it is noticeable that sales levels of the latter have been much higher than in the shop, in the shop since reopening. Anya says she has reinstated previous order levels to ensure that they always remain in stock. Some marketing of the veg boxes would be a good idea to regain lost customers, as some were put off by being linked to the unfortunate events at Blossom Hill Cottage. Diversifying into organic baby foods would be good, as Kirsty will soon find she is having a baby. The beef herd will repay more careful management. The signs are that the animals which have been kept on loan which have been on loan to home farm plays, will be more profitable than those kept at Bridge Farm, and we recommend that more of the herds spend next summer on Adam's land. Finally, as Helen is a partner in the business, she will have to split her share with Mr Robert Titchener when she divorces him, so there will in future be five partners in the business. You may wish to give consideration to buying his share from him to minimise his involvement, but under the partnership agreement you have no rights to force him to sell. You may wish to revise the partnership, arrangement prior to the divorce commencing and that's all from me yes that's it oh all right yeah. well let's very quickly take five come back the other side touch a mini bell and then you can give us some tweets when you don't have a roof over your head build that wall build that wall there was build nothing marked wall. classified on my wall. emails either send or receive build that wall 
I am humbled to have been chosen by the Conservative Party to become its leader. That Britain is just a small island that no one pays attention to. A former colony won the right to determine its own destiny. Hello and welcome to Mid-Atlantic, the show where we look at the news and the views from one side of the ocean from the perspective of the other. Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths offer you... Available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. Good day, everyone. It looks as though our site has been hacked yet again, but I've managed to get in through the back door by going via forum. So that's good. At least I can uh, leave my roundup for the week. Um, and I'm sure that we're going to get that site improved very shortly. On our forums this week, uh, Moldy Rose started a discussion about Rex, who has apparently found his balls. And uh, Kenny Koala Bear uh, has, is discussing the Ambridge Bake Off. Uh, so uh, not exactly the most robust week uh, on uh, forums, but then you probably all have problems getting in. So my suggestion is if you want to get in and you want to get around the hacking, if you go to dumptydum.com forward slash forums, you'll go directly there and that page doesn't seem to have been hacked yet. So on to our Facebook page, which was pretty busy this week, let me tell you. And we started by having a bit of a snork about the back sacking crack of Neil's. Uh, Sarah Jane still says, please don't remind me. I'd forgotten that horror since last night, and now you've put it back in my head. Joe Jackson thought it was skin-crawling stuff. And Jacqueline Berto says, I love Neil, always have, but my stomach is churning right now. And Leslie Greaves, I think I'll give her the last word on this, although there's a lot more in that thread. She says, I always think of the person who applies the wax. What a job. Do you know what? I hadn't thought about it till you said that. Now that is what I'm going to think about. Uh, Susan, Neil and Shula, my favourite scene of the year, I think. Uh, oh, look, I laughed so much when that happened. Shula standing so undecided on the door. And I just thought it was funny. I thought, you know, they're in a bit of a committed relationship, Susan and Neil. Surely people realise occasionally there'll be some fun times. But anyway... Uh, Leslie Grease said, my list of banned food includes custard, tuna bake, and now I have added avocado and chilli. Um, Emily reminded us, I wasn't expecting you erect smothered in avocado. Uh, and Alice Thomas says, it's hard to unsee my mental picture. Uh, Robert Dwyer on that thread or coincidentally also said what a brilliant Dumpty Dum podcast uh, this week well done for guiding and letting the guys just talk uh, well done it was it was pretty awesome Royf you did a great job and it was a really fun episode they've got a lot of wisdom to share with us and aren't we lucky that the actors can now come on to our program uh, the, also we are asking you if you would uh, let us know where you live There's uh, if you go to the Facebook page there it's a map visualisation um, feeling a bit lonely over here in Australia so please can some of you let me know that you're here and I'm not all on my own uh, and then finally we were talking about whether um, we hadn't seen coming that Kate would be not happy with the panto even though she says she is that was really interesting because I hadn't realised how divided people are about Kate 
Catherine Kavanagh says, I absolutely love Kate. She's utterly appalling, totally selfish and narcissistic, but none of it is nasty. She's comedic gold and we should give more credit to the actress playing her for the delivery. Couldn't agree with you more, Catherine. Alice, on the other hand, I literally want to punch my radio when I hear her. Uh, With a spoon said... And for health reasons, I recommend not punching uh, your radio whilst listening to Alice. Um, But he also says that he doesn't like Kate, which rather surprised me. Joe Andrews says, every time I hear Kate in the background, I get an earworm and can hear, I'm busy doing nothing, working the whole day through, adjusting wind chimes, oiling yurt poles, testing gut flora treatments. I do hope she ends up sitting on a green Enviro (laughs) portaloo. For 24 hours. <laughs> oh gosh, you lot are so funny. Anyway, that's my roundup for this week. Please get involved. So remember, dumptydum.com uh, forward slash forums. Go straight there to bypass the hacking just for the moment. And then uh, if you would like to talk to us on Facebook, uh, you just, just, just search for Facebook and we're there. And there's lots of us there. And I have to tell you, uh, we the, the program is short. Um, it's usually only about an hour. But if you get onto Facebook, well, we can talk for as long as we like, can't we? So I'll see you there. So until next week, hooroo! Thank you, Miss Bell. Thank you, Melly Bell. Mm. And um, I don't keep plugging this, but I will. If you wanted to go on to Tractor, the Dum Dum map, you could see approximately where Millie Bell hails from in the great country that was Australia. So that's just saying. Oh, by the way, if you are Australian or just Antipodean in general, um, things are a bit sparse down there map-wise. So uh, we've got a guy in Perth, we've got somebody over in New Zealand, and uh, that's just about it other than Millie Bell. So um, do do yourselves proud and uh, pin yourself to our map. Thank you. Uh, Lucy, mm-hmm. um, do you want to give us some tweets? Uh, yokel Scare. As it's Halloween, says later in the bull, Susan Carter announces that Neil is having his balls manscaped. Kenton and Jolene close the pub early. <laughs> I don't know the significance of why they closed it early, but it made me laugh. Um, when the clocks went back, Kay Williamson said, has Linda adjusted Resurgam stone? That's a good point. I don't know how you do that. Uh, fat bloke talking said, uh, was Shula's arrival last night a setup for a 70s style porno? You can ring my bell now, says Neil, as Susan enjoys her facial. Fat bloke diet is very rude. Um, Cod Little said, God, I loathe Joe Grundy. Please, can someone park in a service station car park with him? <laughs> and, you still there? Yes. Oh, uh, Ruth Arian said, Susan getting a spray tan. More contract work for Ed then. <laughs> <laughs> and Becky Black Book. Bo- I still can't say this. Becky Black Books. Um, tweet of the week. And she said, Alan asks himself, what would Jesus do? And here's the answer in his head. Finish him. They'll never suspect the vicar. <laughs> <laughs> We've managed to get all the way through this episode and not mention the fact that Roy's on Tinder. I know. How is that even possible? Because they made all the jokes for us. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we could still comment on it because we have said on this podcast many moons ago, how comes things like that, you know, things in the real life don't intrude on ambush and there, there you go. 
He's swiping away like a good one, isn't he? Mm. That was ridiculous, though. Or that, you know, having shots done with a dog. And do people do that? I mean, what did Wendy meets the lady and then she says, where's the dog then? And then he has to say, oh, no, I borrowed one for three quid. Three quid. The fuss he made about that. Honestly, it was like he'd had to auction his house to get the dog for the afternoon. Lucy, you're having a laugh. Of course, people do do stuff like that. Borrow well, other people's. The thought. Well, I think half the folks I've seen leaning up against sports cars aren't their sports cars. That's for damn sure. What, what have you been doing on Tinder? <laughs> about yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> how? Go seven on. years ago, my friend. Um, Tinder was... didn't exist seven years ago. No, 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 no. We went. Um, it's it was called my single friend, and you write a nice thing about the person. Mm. and they then um because uh, you can always describe people better than they can do it themselves because mm. they kind of get flustered and all that and um we spent a very happy evening one evening um uh looking up at uh pictures of all these blokes on my single friend and in the before we we hit the white wine we started off very sort of um giving them a chance saying oh he looks nice that looks he looks friendly doesn't he yes we'll say we like him yes you know and by the end of it, we're going, it says here, fun-loving, alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> like, was it, uh, likes people, shagger, next. You know, we just went through. <laughs> you get you get very um, quick at summing people up. And it doesn't, it's one little thing that you just think, no, that shirt would get right on my nerves. Gone. You know, that's it. <laughs> Hmm. So I do know what is a Tinder, actually. Of course, yeah. You know a little bit too much about Tinder and the whole <laughs> online dating world. But it worked, though, and she's now pregnant with her second child. Ooh. Ooh. She met through my single friend. And you wrote the art? You wrote the, the piece? Yep. All the people I've met associated with you are nicer than you. I know. I make a policy to only like people who are nicer than me. Because why the hell greasy, would I want to? Why would I want like, to spend time with people like me? The 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 deputy head, they're all lovely. Little Annie, yeah. oh my! Who's the God. deputy head? What's his name? The teacher. What's his name? The teacher. I can't remember his name now. He's lovely. You've got him listening to the Archers and Dumdy Dum. I think you dreamt him. I no, don't know. You've got a friend. He came to our hundredth do as a teacher with his daughter. Oh, Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the deputy head. Yes. As I was saying, the yes. deputy head. Oh, yes. Your friend. Yes. Who's nicer than a, you? I did know <laughs> the deputy head. <laughs> oh, dear. I probably ought to be nicer to him, shouldn't uh, I? Now I know he's important. <laughs> he, he's on our map. Is he? Yeah. He lives just around the corner from Greavesy, doesn't he? He does. There you go. Because they're overlaying each other. Oh. Mm. Ooh, I don't think they're that close, but anyway. Um, which is a, a perfect time for me to say, go out shop, go there, dumdydum.com. Also, on dumdydum.com, I've been giving out this rather long, cumbersome URL. Forget all that crap. Just go to dumdydum.com forward slash map, and uh, that's where it will be. I'm going to put it on there tomorrow. Tomorrow being Tuesday. Uh, which will be the 1st of November. And just pin yourself. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Via Facebook or just kind of Twitter. Smashing. Uh, iTunes reviews, send them in. We love them. Um, now, apart from sending us a review, if you'd like to help us, there are a couple of ways this can be done. You can help us by donating, by hitting that donate button on our website, or you can do the Patreon thing, which is you go to patreon.com, and uh, that's about uh, $2 a show. Now, to get in contact with us, uh, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe, or you can call us on 0203-031-3105 to leave us a message. On social media, you can find us specifically on Twitter, where we're at WDMe. I'm at Royfield. Harriet is at Sam Bridges. Sarah Smith is at Sarah underscore Smith. And I am at Lucy V. Freeman. And Charlotte, how can people find you? Yeah, people can find me at Ambridge View. On Facebook, um, you can go and find us by simply typing in dum-de-dum. Is that it, Lucy? It is. Hmm. I now have to go and help my children dress up so they can go around and legally mug people. <laughs> mug yeah. old people for sweets. You know, what I kind of love about traditions is how they kind of get mangled through time. So though I rail against trick-or-treating and Halloween and saying what's happened to Bonfire Night, this is like one of the most english and british of old traditions which the americans nabbed of us and we're just nabbing yeah. it back yeah it's just i know because people say oh it's an american thing and you think but we've been doing trick-or-treating since you know the druids <laughs> yeah or at least you know yeah or halloween and you know yeah. celebrating you know the dead and whatever but yeah. yeah and then you look at mexico with their day of the dead thing you go, oh that's all a bit peculiar you know people dressing up as skeletons and painting their faces and you know and thinking about their ancestors and you go oh yeah halloween we kind of do the same thing yeah Mm. culture history it's a funny business (laughs) (laughs) is that the title of your new podcast (laughs) no it's called walkie talkie featuring one lucy v freeman (laughs) which if she ever planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Gets our mics together will happen. Yes, that would be good, wouldn't it? Smashing. <sighs> All right, then. I best edit okay. this, then. All right. Toodaloo. See you later. Bye. Bye.